Welcome to day five of our look through Matthew chapter 10, what Jesus has to teach us about how you and I can be the kind of people that share the good news in our lives. We live it in our lives and we share it in our lives with others so that other people can enjoy it for eternity. I want to go over all the principles that we've talked about this week at the end of this day, but for right now, I want to jump right in to the 17th of these principles that we're looking at together. It's in verses 34 to 36. Those verses say, do not suppose that I've come to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will become members of his own household. This 17th principle is you make a relationship with Jesus the priority. To share the good news, to be on mission with your life, you make a relationship with Jesus the priority. It's tempting when we're sharing our faith to use the promise of some good circumstance or some better relationship with a human being happening in a person's life as we draw them toward a relationship with Jesus. The problem is we don't know what will happen in a person's circumstances or relationships because they trust Jesus. Beginning a relationship with Christ brings conflict into some relationships where there was not conflict because the people don't like it that you have faith. They don't want to have faith. They don't like it that you have faith. So now you're in conflict because you're not like them anymore. It also, Jesus says here, brings reconciliation into other relationships that had no hope of reconciliation. People who are your enemies become members of your own household. If we somehow imply a promise that accepting the good news will bring immediate reconciliation to all human relationships, we're offering a promise that Jesus never made. In fact, he said the exact opposite would happen. Now, we certainly can offer all the promises that Jesus made to us related to life and eternity. He promised salvation. He promised security in God's love. He promised eternal life. He promised inner peace. He promised hope and joy and on and on and on. It's when we get into making promises about circumstances that we're on shaky ground. Becoming a follower of Christ will cause some relationships to get better and others to get worse. And those that got worse might eventually get better. We don't know. It changes circumstances for many to the better, while others face immediate persecution. Jesus is teaching us here that accepting the gospel reshuffles relational patterns and priorities. And that means, for me personally, and as I share the gospel, that means that Jesus has priority over even family relationships. He tells us this in verses 37 to 39. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever loses his life to me, who humbly gives his life to me, as long as I try to find my own life, make it work on my own energy and strength and power, I keep losing it. It keeps leaking out. I can't find it. It's when I say, I can't find it in myself. I need your strength and power that I find it. And Jesus teaches us here that for that to happen, I've got to make a relationship with him, the most important relationship in my life. Whatever relationship I make most important in my life is the relationship that controls my life. Now, for some, this could be a relationship with a spouse or a parent. For others, it's a relationship with a friend. For many, it's found in making ourselves the most important person in our lives. The truth is, all other relationships will disappoint you in some way because we're all sinful human beings. Only God loves you perfectly. 
and it's from the strength of that relationship with him that all of our other relationships get as strong as they can possibly be on this earth. So you don't start by trying to make all your human relationships right so you can get to Christ, get to God. No, you make your relationship right with him first. That's where it starts. And there's one final principle that Jesus teaches us through this chapter, this amazing chapter, this seminary class and how to do missions as a church, as organizations in our own lives. The 18th principle is you use wisely the power of a personal witness. Listen to what he has to teach us beginning in verse 40 going down through verse 42. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Anyone who receives a righteous man because he's a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he's my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. When you share this message of the good news, Jesus says, as people receive you, they're receiving me. He's teaching us there that you cannot separate your personality from your witness. You can't say, don't look at me, just look at Jesus. Well, guess what? You're standing right there as a follower of Jesus. They have a hard time not looking at you. But as they receive you, they receive him. The truth of the matter is God specifically works through your unique background and personality to lead people to faith in Jesus. You are part of the message. And as people receive you in Jesus' name, he teaches us here that they're blessed for doing so. These verses say that whatever reward you get for sharing, they get the same reward for receiving. Now, because you're so tied up with the message that you're sharing, you and I, we have to work to be sure that people focus on Jesus. They don't get caught up in focusing on things about us that have nothing to do with the message. Now, let me talk about this broadly and personally. In intercultural missions, this involves the principle of helping others to respond to Jesus in their culture instead of feeling like they have to adapt your culture in order to respond to Jesus. Even those who've been missionaries in a country for many years, they can find this difficult because our culture is so ingrained in us, we don't even recognize when we're doing this, when we're saying to somebody sort of implicitly, like we don't even want to say it, but somehow we're saying, well, you've got to talk like this or be like this in order to really be a follower of Jesus, when it's about our culture and not true faith. Now, how do you break through this one? Well, this means that when it's possible, what we need to do is support the leaders the ministries of a local church in that community, people who are in that culture, who are part of that culture, who can reach out to that culture. The strong church-to-church emphasis of the peace plan, the way that we reach out in missions here at Saddleback and many other churches, that's the result of this principle. Church-to-church, we go to help a church to reach its culture because the people in that church who are part of the culture are best able to reach that culture. So when I go, I don't want to necessarily be the one who goes to an orphanage and just shares with the children that are there and minister to them. No, I want to go and help the church go to that orphanage and share with the people that are there and minister to them because the church is still going to be there and because the church can best connect with them in their culture. When you help a church that is in that culture to learn to share Christ with that culture, you're best reaching that culture. This also has something to say about your personal evangelism. You use wisely the personal power of your witness when you invite someone to faith but you don't use it so wisely when you pressure someone towards faith. Now, before we end in just a minute, I have to add in just one final principle that's not actually in chapter 10. You have to go back to the end of chapter nine for this principle, but it's so important, and it really begins this talk of evangelism that we have to add it in, and that is the principle of prayer, of talking to God about it. You remember, at the end of chapter nine, Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out workers into his harvest. 
So the final principle for reaching out to any group is you pray for that group. That's where you begin. As we've been talking about evangelism, reaching out today, you might have been thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get started. I don't, I don't even know what to say or how to say it or who to say it to. I'll tell you where to start. You start with prayer. You start by talking to God about a person that you're concerned about. You might have him in mind even now. You start by talking to God about a culture, about another country that you're concerned about. In all of these principles that we've talked about, that's the beginning place. You start by praying. Now, as we've talked this week, as we've walked through these principles, as we come to the end of the week, I just want to remind you of them in a personal way. These are principles that will help any church, any missions organization to do what Jesus has told us to do in this world. And I've just briefly touched on how we can do that. But these are also principles for your life individually. What is Jesus saying to you about what it means for you to be called to make a difference in this world? Just in in a spirit of prayer right now with me, would you just listen through what Jesus is saying to you? Jesus has said to us, you are called, you are sent, you are authorized. And so you must focus. You must both do and say. You must freely give the message. You must sacrificially give to support the ministry. You need to listen. You need to be faithful over time. And sometimes you need to be faithful and move on. You need to adjust your methods without changing the message. You need to remember that you are vulnerable. And so you're to be wise and humble. And you are to know that God is working through every circumstance. And you're to live by faith. You make a relationship with Jesus a priority. And so you use wisely the power of your personal witness. These are Jesus' instructions for you. And Jesus, in just a very brief prayer, we ask that you would strengthen us through your spirit to follow, to follow you into the world, to make a difference so that not only we can hear the good news, but those who are around us can hear the good news and those who are across the world can hear the good news. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Be sure to join us next week. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 11. In that chapter, we're going to see the humility of John the Baptist, the justice of Jesus. We're going to see the rest that he gives for our souls. (laughs) 